0: and dave kennedy two guys heading out to hack body mind business and beyond we are here to provide a single source bullshit free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer Yo. Back again. Episode nine. Um, I'm having struggle. I'm struggling with my setup here. So if anybody's having issue or watching me, if anybody's watching on YouTube going, he's lost the fucking plot. I'm having issues with uh, a few technical difficulties, but we're here. Um, Happy Wednesday. Thanks for changing the time um again for anybody who's watching i need to get my hair cut later and you will definitely see <laughs> that i need to get my hair cut. remember back at the at the very start last year when the haircuts weren't a thing because of covid you used to just give me shit flat out for my hair yeah thank you uh
1: but anyway your hair, your hair would be like like all the way up like spiked <laughs> and like all over the place and then like you get all like like sensitive about it so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's why i wear a hat all the time now because of that's your right. comments <laughs> uh so i'm ben canning and i'm dave kennedy and this is hacking your health so what's going on What's up there
1: uh, not much my uh, my shirt's drenched in sweat right now it's still still drying out uh it was a it was a good good cardio this morning at uh at orange theory they've been uh they've been murdering me lately i don't know what's up with uh whoever that plans the schedules there but uh, they've been been evil so today was uh just a solid 23 minute block where you're running uh, on hills and pushing yourself so i was going like 10 miles an hour a four percent incline then eight miles an hour you know and then and it's like you know it's just it's good, good, good workout, uh, but I'm ready to take a nap. That's for sure. <laughs> but things are good.
0: <laughs> good, good. We uh obviously, I've been thinking obviously about what we were talking about last night about what you want to sort of int- introduce with about the. I'll not, I'll not ruin it. But what I want to say is because obviously this is probably a change in terms of like how we think about different diets, and I sort of thought after you said earlier on, you want to sort of let everybody know. I think we need to first recognize that this isn't going to be. It's not a solution to a fat loss problem. You're doing it for a different reason. So, you're doing it in terms of optimizing brain function, digestive health, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I'll leave it over to you on that one.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we obviously talk about, you know, hey, diets are, are very difficult to do unless you have a framework to come out of, right? So, and you know, if you're going to do a diet like keto, for example, or, you know, some people make keto their entire life and that's, that's perfectly fine too. If you can do that, most people can't. Like, it has like a 98% or something crazy, you know, fail rate. Uh, and then people would basically come off of that and then they have nothing to catch on to. Right. I did keto for six months and, you know, um, I gained weight on keto. Right. Uh, and and maybe I wasn't doing it right. Maybe I was. I was pretty strict on what I was doing, but I wasn't focusing on calories in versus calories out. Now, <clears throat> you know, um, I was listening to the Huberman Labs podcast, which, you know, I heavily recommend taking, taking a look at. It's just like literally breaks down the science of your body. He's a neurobiologist at Stanford. They do, you know, medical studies, research studies, everything else. And they, it, it really breaks down. In a way that anybody can understand, you know what's kind of going on in your body. In This last episode um, that was on, and I'll get the, the episode number for. Put it in the show notes.
0: I'm actually going to start yeah, taking perfect. notes because sometimes afterwards I'm like, what did we say that we would include in that?
1: <laughs> Getting all formal here. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Uh, it's it's actually episode 41, which is effects of fasting and time restricted eating on fat loss and health. And what I really liked about the podcast is, you know, he he, he um, his name is Dr. Andrew Heberman. And he went into the the benefits of why intermittent fasting can can help you, and he went into some of the scientific studies of what the new research that's coming out. A lot of this is new, like July twenty twenty one. You know, like like new studies that are coming out on on the impact both in mice and humans of, of certain things that can help out. And you know what what Huberman explains in, in, in very at the very beginning is: listen, <clears throat> at the end of the day, this is still calories in versus calories out, which is the most important aspect. Of this weight loss journey so you you need to understand what you're putting in your body and your output in order for you to if you want to lose weight or to gain weight so you either need to be in a caloric surplus or a caloric deficit and um so so he goes into the specifics of a lot of this and what was interesting about uh this latest podcast and in intermittent fasting that has me intrigued and i actually started intermittent fasting yesterday um, and I got this, this, uh, this app called zero it's free. There's a paid version, but I you don't need a, need a paid version, but it, it gives you your time windows of when you can eat. Now, what, what, uh, Huberman was, was explaining, um, is, you know, uh, uh, basically the benefits of intermittent fasting and what they did is they did some research on, and, and they did do some research on, on, on fat loss as well. Um, on, on what happens when your body is in a fasted state and interesting enough, um, there's, there's uh, like 80% of your genes is what we are called uh, – are, are part of what's called a circadian rhythm. Uh, your circadian rhythm is, is basically your body's uh, internal clock. And most of our internal clocks you know, you know, have different things that happen. So in the morning, for example, um, you know, if you get bright light – uh, you know, it's going to increase dopamine and a lot of other things to increase, you know, your activity level and start to wake you up. Um, that's why you know I have this little this little mood light, you know, right here. That if you're looking at the thing, it just, it just looks all bright. You know, getting getting some early light exposure um, can help very similarly to what coffee can do. Uh, what's interesting with intermittent fasting though is 80 percent of our genes work off of the circadian rhythm. And with intermittent fasting, there's, there's some very big benefits to production of certain types of things in your body that allow you to focus more, um, that promote, uh, more energy. And there's, there's some science behind this too. And you know, if you go back to our caveman days, caveman and cavewomen days, you know, we, uh, we didn't always have access to food. And so if we were in a starving state where our body needed food, you know, if, if we were basically dwindling down and dying, we would not be able to catch our food and survive. So our body kind of goes in overdrive and says, listen, we need to be at kind of max capacity here to hunt our food, to get our food. Um, and so it, 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 it makes you a lot more sharp. And so with intermittent fasting, the, the Huberman rule is, you know, don't eat anything uh, an hour or two upon waking and don't eat anything you know, uh, two to three hours prior to bed, and that's basically the the basic concept with it. Now, there are different time windows. Now, the the, the most recent study that think came out either in July or April, um, you know, did an eight 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 hour feeding window, which is you can only eat for eight hours at a time, and that's there's actually he goes to the the to the the basics of it, which is kind of funny, or, or why they decided to do an eight eight hour window, and it's the spouses of you know the the significant other. Um, of them that that caused them to only study eight hours because they didn't want to spend more than eight hours in a lab, um, you know, because they they were spending too much time away from home, because yeah, you, you have to like you know when when mice are doing this for example, you know you have to make sure that the mice aren't storing food in their mouth, you know they're not you know hiding food in different locations. You really need to have a an accurate study. So they they did an eight hour study um, on that and it had a, a substantial um, improvement on metabolism, uh, on lean muscle mass, uh, on fat loss on a number of other areas, but most importantly, you know, it has a lot of uh, benefits on your digestive track, giving your digestive digestive track uh, time to to recover, um, your alertness, everything else that comes along with it. So I decided to give it a shot. Now, I'm 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 obviously only day one in. I've done intermittent fasting before. Um, What was interesting to note, though, is that there's these uh, one-hour feeding windows that people do that has been very popular in the intermittent fasting side. And so you may only be able to eat for like four hours, for example, or three hours or two hours. Uh, and they basically just get one big meal in. And what the study showed with that was that there was an increase in weight uh, for those types of, of, of endeavors. Your, bo- your body basically trying to hoard food because it's starving so much. So there is definitely a balance between this and what you're doing. Um, so for me, um, I, you know I'm, I'm trying it to see how I respond energy-wise, how I feel throughout the day. Um, and I was already kind of doing this to some extent. My biggest weakness was uh, at night. I would eat, you know, prior to going to bed. So last night I stopped eating at, you know, 715. My window is going to be 730 to 930, basically, uh, as my window for uh intermittent fasting. And, uh, you know, I want to see what what it does to my body, you know, um keep track of it, see how I'm feeling uh, and start to hopefully build, you know, things out and maybe it'll be something I, I use as a staple. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think it's like I said, you know, you're using it. The- as a tool in a different way, um, and, you know, I don't have experience specifically with intermittent fasting, but I used to, and I think we spoke about this before, that I used to do like extended fasting, and I would have fasted for 36 hours once a week, so I would have had my last meal on a Tuesday and then had my first meal on a Thursday, so that whole period through Tuesday evening, Wednesday all day, and then into Thursday morning, I wouldn't have eaten anything. I literally would have just had water, no caffeine or anything else. And, you know, you're talking about brain function and you're talking about like cognitive function overall. Once we sort of got past lunchtime on a Wednesday and I found that I was getting hungry at certain times because it was time to eat, like it was my regular time to eat. But once I sort of, once that passed, it was absolutely fine. But on a Wednesday afternoon, my productivity levels were absolutely through the roof. Like I I was on a different level in terms of like thinking, thought process, the shit that I could done. And Yes. Okay. I was using it to sort of restrict calories over the week again as a bit of an experiment, but the the benefits that I got from it, from a cognitive function, you know, energy levels, it it was absolutely incredible. And I always would have thought, you know, come Thursday morning, I would have been starving, but I was fine. Do you know what I mean? It was just my regular, like, okay, right. It's time to have my breakfast or whatever else. Um, so it's definitely, definitely good. On that front, And, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense because your body's not using any energy to digest food. You have more energy and there's more blood flow around your brain and things like that. And that's why it works. So I want to say I'm going to join you, but I don't, don't know if I can fully commit to it yet. Um, but I mean, obviously you'll keep me posted. I think your biggest struggle is going to be fitting 3,500 calories into an eight hour window.
1: Well, you know, it, it, I think I can, I, I did it yesterday and it's funny because I need to plan better because I, it was like I, I, I had um, my, my normal meals usually range between, you know, 350 calories to 500 calories is kind of my, my normal meals. And I'll just space multiple meals throughout the day and then you know have like snacks like Greek yogurts and things like that throughout the day to kind of get the protein intake that I need or protein shakes or whatever if I'm supplementing. And uh, uh, last night, I ate a thousand calorie <laughs> dinner. And then I had a bowl of cereal afterwards to, to get the calories in <laughs> that I needed to get. To. So, but I do, I do want to, um, you know, I'm going to make a conscious effort to have, you know, less, you know, uh, uh, corn syrup or, you know, processed sugars, you know, th- those, you know, like simple sugars, um, simple carbohydrates, and, and, and focus more on, you know, um, complex carbohydrates and things like that to, to see how i react to that as well um so you know taking less of the glucose side of it out and focusing more on that minus recovery you know i'll use like dextrose and stuff like that for for recovery but i just want to kind of tweak it and play around with it a little bit you know and we're always trying to improve and optimize our bodies in any way that we can and there's some some good benefits to um intermittent fasting they're they're, they're talking about the longevity aspects of things where you know, it's it's just phenomenal in all of your organs. Uh, it helps with liver function, helps with kidney function, helps with, you know, cardiovascular. Um, there's a lot a lot of great benefits that they're they're finding out now with uh, intermittent fasting. That you know, I'm interested in just giving it a shot to see if I can stick with. And I think, uh, you know, Huberman put it really well: is you know, you you need to to fit a schedule that you can make kind of your your life, right? And the, he said that you know, if you're doing intermittent fasting for five days. And then on the weekends it's just a shit show you're drinking a bunch of booze until midnight. He's like, That's not gonna be very helpful for you. Um, you know, there's there's some studies there that show basically if you break that cycle, it takes several days to get back into it. So you're only getting maybe one day benefit of intermittent fasting, which is gonna gonna um you know have a major impact in your performance or uh your body or things like that. So
0: So get, you know, it's, get it's, all it's... your beers in before nine thirty. <laughs>
1: Get your beers in before 9:30 or 8:30, right? Um, yeah, I might, I might have to adjust my window a little bit so that maybe it's at 9:30, you know, and then so I can get some a couple a couple hard seltzers in before uh, before bed. But uh, you know, it's it's just you know something you know I'm experimenting with and and playing around with, and uh, you know, it's not I'm not using it as a method for weight loss. I'm using it as a method to see how I feel to optimize my body and and can I have more energy production, more clarity um things to to help me out as i'm going through and you know why not it's 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 just a minor tweak really in what i'm doing currently today i just got to figure out how not to eat a thousand calorie dinner at you know every night so
0: (laughs) yeah well i mean obviously you'll keep us posted um like i said i'll listen to the podcast i'll listen to the science behind it and i'll see if i want to commit. But. We're not here to talk about that at all or food in any way, shape or form. We're here to talk about wearable tech and tracking devices. And I get this quite a lot and maybe you're the same. You know, people ask me, what's the best device? Should I get whoops? Should I get Aura Ring? Should I do blah, 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 blah. So I think number one, what we want to sort of touch on is the benefits of tracking the data, what data to look for. And then our own sort of personal experience with each device. I think between both of us, we have covered the majority of them. Um, so I think we can sort of, we can delve quite well into that. I want to caveat this one with, I'm not wearing any wearable tech at the minute, because I feel like sometimes it's good to, sometimes it's good to take a break from, it. Um and I spoke to Matt earlier on to see if he had any sort of insight as to, you know, a way to go with this. And he said the same thing. Sometimes he just takes a break because we can get so caught up in what the data and what the information says that we sort of neglect what our own internal computer says. So I would find myself wake up and think, you know, what? I slept really well. Though. That was really good. Then I would check the ring up and it would tell me that I had like a 48% sleep score and I'm like, fuck, I feel awful, fuck this. So you need to sort of be able to detach yourself from it and, you know, recognize what that is. And if you are going to track both, I would say try and track the human side first and track you know, whatever the wearable tech device says as well. So you have data from both to see if they're in line. If they are skewed for a long period of time, I would just take, you know, a week off wearing them and then go back to it. Um, But as you know, data is a big part of of what we do and it's a big part of the checking process and everything that we look at. Um, And there's a lot of, things that we can look at that sort of give us a guide to how your bodies respond to different things, when we should pull back on certain things, when we should push on certain things. So it does have its place, but I wouldn't base your entire life and how you feel on what the numbers and what the information says.
1: Yeah. You know, that's, that's one thing I want to hit on before we get into the data aspects of things. One thing that's been very successful for me, keeping me in this program is the check-in sheets that you have, right? Because I, I feel like, um, Having somebody analyze that for me um, is is a way of of a spot check to say, hey, are things going well or not? And I think that that kind of third party validation for me has been really helpful because I you know I haven't missed one check in minus you know I was on vacation like one week or something like that you know and. Um, you know, I still get my workouts in every single day. You know, I find find a plan of fitness to go get set the lunk alarms
0: off with or whatever. But um, so you just go to a plan of fitness to get kicked out of it. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Dropping the weights. Um, but uh, no no offense anybody goes to Plan of Fitness. It's a great, great affordable, you know, place to go to um, and and they have a lot of a lot of great stuff. It's just, you know, for, for the amount of weights that I throw uh, up, it's it's not not beneficial. But not somewhere you um, want to do a five hundred and five pound deadlift. <laughs> no, it is not. Especially as as the amount of screaming that goes into that one, but uh, um, no, it, you know, it, for for me, the 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 data that we input and in the check-in process is kind of like a staple for me now because you know, for us, we we check in every Wednesday, and you know, I do my my you know uh, photos, so I take a picture of myself, you know, f- front, and then I do you know uh, uh, from behind. Sometimes I'll throw some you know like Hulk pictures in there or Thor arms or things <laughs> like that, uh, you know, spice it up, but. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know th- that process where you I'm inputting that data, I'm inputting my calories and macros, how did I feel that day? You get into the measurements of hey, have my biceps grown? have my has my you know waist shrunk? you know, what are my quads and my hips looking like? Um, you know, shoulders, et cetera. And then you get into the you know aspects around what these trackers have from recovery, sleep, strain, um, you know heart rate variability, um, things of that effect and it, it it paints a whole picture. Of how you're doing as an individual, right? One, are you are you putting the work in to change yourself? And two, you know, how are you responding to that? And are we doing too much or too little? And I and I think you know the 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 stuff you get from the wearables are fantastic data to understand. But I think you hit it on the head of you still need to listen to yourself, right? Um, Last week is a great example of that. There was uh, we're doing the Jeff Nippard Power Building Program, which is a combination of Powerlifting and bodybuilding. So you hit, you know, really low reps with really high weights from a muscle fiber building perspective. So you're building your 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 power muscles that can lift lift uh, lift the heavy weights, and then you're doing hypertrophy, you know, where you're doing more longer you know, lighter weights with higher reps, you know, in in order to increase the size of the muscle. And so there's um, it's, it's it's weird with Nippers' program. So like some days you have like six days straight, some days you have like three days, and there's a suggested rest day. And then it goes into the rest well last week there was a suggested rest day and i missed it and i went through the whole week and it was a really really brutal week of lifting and you know friday uh uh, night i messaged ben i'm like listen dude like i can feel it like i need like two days just to unwind and relax because my my body is is telling me it's it's jacked even though my my whoop band uh and everything else all my data was saying hey i'm good I knew that I was not good. I knew my muscle aching, the soreness, you know, I, you know, my, my hip was aching. So I, I knew it was time to, to take a little bit of a pause in order not to hurt myself. Right. So I think the data is really important, but I also think listening to yourself is really important. But to me, I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I have not missed one day wearing my whoop in over a year, right? It's straight consecutively. There's not one day I haven't taken it off. It's It's always on me. No matter what, unless I'm taking a shower or going in the water, even though it's waterproof, I, I take it off. I don't want it to like like get stinky or something like that. But it, it's one of those things where where it's become a staple thing for me to wear because it, it gives me a nice framework for me to look at to say, hey, I really sucked ass at sleeping tonight. You know, I really need to catch up tomorrow. Or hey, my recovery is looking really good. I and and I'm feeling pretty good. I know I can push myself hard. Right. These are the kind of decisions that that it helps you kind of craft to make so that you can really optimize your body.
0: Yeah, I think that whenever I wore whip, my issue was I wasn't listening to what it was saying. I was like, "Oh, recovery thirteen percent, brilliant." I'm just going to go and train here anyway. So I wasn't actually <laughs> listening to it, and that was maybe one of the main issues that I had with it. Um, from a a data perspective, and you know what it tracks. It's great. Um, and you know, obviously it has the leaderboard function and everything like that. And, you know, I I can't fault it in that way, but I just don't think I was using it in the way it was intended. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't using that to go, okay, right. Well maybe I will pull back or sleep was bad or whatever it was. Um, so I think that was where I sort of I fell down on that front. Um yeah the data side of things like i said with the check in sheet i think it's a good thing to note because there's things that i will look for that you maybe won't and you know we've had this before in terms of whether it's times of high stress and i can look at your rest and heart rate and your heart rate variability and those numbers would be skewed and I would put it back to you. Look, like, have you had a stressful week or whatever it is? You, maybe it's time to pull back from the high intensity cardio stuff because that's just an additional stress in your body. So all these, it like you said, it just paints a bigger picture. It's rather than just okay, there's your food, there's your training. See you next week. If things aren't moving in the right direction, sometimes there is a reason, um, and we need to, you know, we can address that whenever we have all the data in front of us. And I think the other thing about it is, and I sort of try to to get this message across whenever we have our initial coaching call. If I get you on a bad day or equally well, if I get you on a good day with your check-in, I'm going to get the emotion side of it. Whereas if I'm looking at numbers and data and information and, OK, you look this week, oh, I feel shit and I had a shit and the training wasn't and blah, blah, blah. But I'm looking at numbers going, OK, well, your measurements are moving in the right direction. Your weight is maybe held, but. You know in terms of like all the rest of the markers everything's moving in the right direction so let's keep going or if it matches what you said then i can go right okay well let's adjust this or let's change that and that's why i like that sort of fuller picture and i know it is a pain in the ass like i mean it's a spreadsheet that has like eight, 82 boxes or something which is a lot but you know it has developed over time and everything is in there for a reason um, and i think the sort of i know from doing people's check-ins the more information the more data that i have the better I'm able to make adjustments and make tweaks to whatever it is that we're doing.
1: Well, I, you know, for me, the, the, the spreadsheet, once you get used to, it, it takes me like 10 minutes, right? And that's, that's a 10 minute commitment to having somebody validate what I'm doing and making sure I'm on the right track. And, and so I have zero issue, you know, going through my fitness pal or going through, you know, whoop or looking at the data and filling everything out to ensure that, Hey, you know we get a nice spot check and and what i like about it is you know we're taking you know you uh weight daily right so you, and you're taking what i like about it is you take the averages right you're looking at the heart rate variability averages you're looking at you know the strain averages so you know you you, you have a certain ba- benchmark and baseline for that week in comparison to other weeks in the future so you know, when, you know, you see one day, well, hey, I might have spiked up two pounds, but in, you know, the overall net week, I'm, you know, I'm down a pound or, you know, whatever it ends up being. Well, that just means I had just some undigested food that day that, you know, is having some digestive tract issues or something. So, you know, it, it's a great way to to really kind of look at the data and say let's make adjustments to this plan, you know, Hey, we can push this harder or you know, if you have the time to go and do it, um, or maybe we add a thousand more steps, which equates to X amount of calories per week. You know, you know, there's there's little fine tune adjustments that you can make based on understanding the data um, that you have. And I think, you know, wearable trackers and the technology is getting substantially more, more better as time goes along. There's, there's new ones that I'm really excited about They're, They haven't made mainstream yet. The technologies is just being developed, but it's looking like next year, um, almost all of the wearable techs going to have it is the active blood, b- blood glucose monitoring, right? So you can have a wearable that will show you at any given time, what your blood glucose is. And, and when you have glucose spikes and things of that effect. So for me, if I'm doing intermittent fasting, you know, that's going to be hugely beneficial because I want to understand, Hey, does sucralose or Splenda or, you know, things, you know, there's, the studies are still kind of out on this one on whether or not those actually spike blood sugar levels. And if that, that breaks a fast. So, you know, like at night, I like having um. There's these things called Bang Energy Drinks, which I have one of them, uh, caffeine free, and all it has is essential amino acids and um, uh, CoQ10 and some creatine, and I'll drink that at night, just as kind of like my treat. You know, it's sweet. You know, probably you know, it has some obviously artificial sweeteners in it, which aren't the greatest for you, especially from a gut microbiome uh, biome perspective. But, um, you know, it's it's a nice little treat. But I but if it's gonna break my fast, it's not worth it, right? So. You know, it's it's one of those things where I'd love to get more into to the blood glucose side, but the wearable trackers, you know, looking at your heart rate, blood pressure is is one of those ones that that are um gonna be out soon. Some of them already have it. Um looking at uh you know your your resting heart rate, respiratory rates, you know, all of those things are are great things to track and kind of baseline and then incorporate into what you're looking at to optimize your body.
0: Yeah, the actual the, the blood glucose is a good point. So I did say this before, like I tried the the wearable blood glucose monitor. So you basically inject this thing into the back of your arm and you have it at all times and you check the app. Um, I know that heat's doing it at the minute. It was interesting because I do check my my fasted blood glucose. So I'll do that every morning just to make sure that my body's handling food and everything's in line with that. But obviously having it sort of live data to see how your body responds to different things. Now... Me being the idiot that I am, sometimes I almost saw it as a game. I was like, right, how can I spike this as much as possible? Like how can I sort of PB in terms of my blood glucose? Um, but for me it wasn't necessarily, you know, taking it very high, because if you have a big meal, especially my post-workout meal with, you know, the the shake and the cereal, it spikes it massively. But it's more how quickly does it recover? So it's not like spiking and staying at that level it spikes obviously because you know you've had a large amount of glucose or whatever it is and then taking it back down to your normal baseline level and um, so that that would be cool i mean i wouldn't straight off the bat recommend anybody going into that but it is a different type of wearable tech and it is, if it is something that you it was irritating for me because of where it was because it was in my pretty much in my tricep um, and i had to wear <laughs> with it the, the entire time and um, but if there is another way to track it, then that would be great a couple of things, probably we should touch on, you know, what to look for and what data you should track. And um, because I know they all sort of have generic ones and then some of them will track different things based on, on what it's for. And um, we should probably start with whoop because I mean, I feel like we're still waiting on the sponsorship. And um, they will tweet back <laughs> if you, if you mention them, but they will never tweet back in terms of the uh, affiliate link. Whip is good. The reason that I got Whoop initially was because my Apple Watch battery life was brutal, and even I had a look earlier on at the different ones. So I had a look at Apple Watch Whoop, or Ring Fitbit, and Garmin. Most of them, the battery life is like between five and nine days. The battery life of Apple Watch is up to eighteen hours, but if you use it at all, that obviously drops. So I wasn't ever able to wear it for sleep, so I wasn't able to track my sleep. So that's why. I, I moved on to whip. So whip will obviously track your sleep. It will track your rest and heart rate. It will track your heart rate variability. It has a respiratory tracker as well, which I think is a new function. Um, and then obviously it gives you back information based on recovery and strain throughout the day. So it uses your body's metrics and you know, it obviously learns about you as you go. And then that's how it sort of gives you those numbers. And um, rest and heart rate is obviously what your, your heart rate is at rest. Heart rate variability is the best way I can describe it is the difference in time between beats of your heart. Um, And the way that I would sort of analyze both of those is you want your resting heart rate to be as low as possible to an extent, and you want your heart rate variability to be as high as possible. So From a stress management perspective, if I'm looking at your check-in sheet tomorrow and I see that, you know, rest and heart rate started to go up and heart rate variabilities started to come down, then that's whenever we need to go, okay, right, is there too much stress on the system here? Is there too much stress in your body? Do we need to pull back on something or what is the story? Rest and heart rate's a good metric as well for talking about fitness levels and I know Thomas has been in the group being like you see both his rest and heart rate was 33 when he won the gold medal mines at 36. I'm like are you going for the Olympics that, that I don't know about but you know from a from a fitness perspective it's a good marker on you know how quick you can recover and things like that so nine times out of ten the majority of the trackers are going to track both heart rate variability and rest and heart rate if not definitely rest and heart rate.
1: Yeah. And, and it's important to understand that those are key indicators of recovery. There's, there's a lot of scientific studies that show, um, heart rate variability, um, is a sign of, of stressors on your body and, and is your body going through certain types of things, right? Um, you know, uh, respiratory rate is a good indication of potentially COVID infections. They, they've done predictive analysis around that. Um, so for me, just as an example, my heart rate variability average is around 71 and my resting heart rate is around 45. Uh, my respiratory rate is about 16. So, you know, that's kind of like my, my baseline that I look at from when I'm recovered and you know if, if I'm up or down from that I can kind of make decisions on, on whether or not I'm good or not um, and also how I feel So you know it's a good way of kind of baselining hey are we are we recovered? are we not recovered? Um, should I take it kind of easy today? you know should I just destroy myself and go crazy which I'm just gonna do anyway even regardless <laughs> of what it says um, or am I gonna listen to my body and say hey today's a day that I need need a rest day and I, I feel by the way, I feel like I've grown a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, on that. It, they asked for two days of rest, knowing that I need two days of rest. Normally, I just would have been like, eh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually get, you know, my body says I need rest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do two additional orange series <laughs> in one day just to make sure that my body knows that I, I control it. But uh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it's actually a good point to note whenever you were mentioning this earlier on that, you know, as we go through the process and as you build muscle, the more muscle mass you have, the more recovery your body needs. Do you know what I mean? So if you think of it, this is why I always say at the start, like full body workouts are good because muscle mass is generally smaller. So you recover easily, but the not easily, but easier for sure. Um, but as you grow and as your muscles develop, the more muscle mass there is, the more that you, you need to allow them to recover. So that could be something that you're facing at the minute as well. You know, obviously. The muscle mass has increased massively over the past year, so your body actually needs more time to recover, and that's why you're able to to note um, instead of just going back to send me photos of your dumbbells whenever you're sad because you're on a rest day. But yes, so the heart rate for our body, rest and heart rate, yeah. And I think, you know, as you said, you know your baseline. So if we see something skewed, then that's whenever we can start to address it. And yes, the respiratory one, I'm pretty sure it was just brought in, um, in and around the time the COVID. And that was obviously a good sort of metric to be like, okay, well, maybe I need to get this checked out. But knowing those baselines and knowing where you're at is, you know, it's good to sort of go, okay, right, well, this data is slightly off. And that's the benefit of having the data in the first place. It's the same as the benefit of tracking your calories and looking at them and going, right, okay, well, this is off or this isn't moving in the way that I want to. And it's having the data and knowing what to actually do with it instead of just tracking all these numbers and being like, okay, well, it was this this day and it was this the next day. Um, I know there was a bit of chat going on in the client group in terms of like, you know, why is the office so low and like where it should be. I generally think, you know, if you're in the early 50s, in your resting heart rate, that's generally a good place to be. Like lower is not an issue, um, but you know, in terms of like a, a baseline or a, a goal to get to, getting between that sort of fifty and fifty-five mark is is pretty decent in terms of a fitness level.
1: Yeah, it's 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 incredible to see where my uh, resting heart rate and heart rate variability and all those have come, and how fast I can recover. though know, there's something called DOMS, which is basically. You know, how you feel um, after a workout. If you just started, if you're just starting to work out, and uh, you, um, let's just say, you know, experience some extreme soreness where you can barely get the stairs or walk, and you're just, you know, getting killed, <laughs> that will fade over time. By the way, you know, the more that your muscles get used to working out, the less sore you are. So I don't actually get sore really anymore, but I can tell that my muscles are weak. Wait, wait, a until, I, between... wait
0: until I change your your training plan
1: you you keep you keep teasing this one I'm excited about it I can't wait uh speaking of which like yesterday i was I was in a crunch for time not to not to derail this um but I was in a crunch for time, and i you know only had an hour to do my workout, which you know i, I what I found is that um I could definitely use like a timer i think i'm gonna build a timer like on my wall or something like that 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 shows the time that I need to rest in in between because I did the full nipper workout yesterday in like forty eight minutes. <laughs> Without an issue um, and, and did everything, you know, like legit, you know, heavy and everything else. So Normally it would have take me like an hour and 15 minutes. So um, that was kind of cool to go through. But, you know, going going back to the wearables, you know, for for me, I think uh, why I, I decided to choose Whoop and and any of them are going to be fine. That fits the way that you're doing things, right? If you're more cardio centric or things like that, you know, a garment or Fitbit may be, you know, more more in line with that. I mean, even though Whoop is, is very much um, cardio driven as well. Uh, it's 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 really what your preference is. I, I do not like the Apple Watch and I do not like the Android wear because of the battery life. If you're True only enough, getting a day or they, two, they, I don't know it's how horrible.
0: Like 18. I'm like, how can yeah. the Garmin be nine days battery life? And yeah, Apple like yeah. Ugh, it frustrates me in the wind, honestly. It's Sorry, it's awful. Ahead. And and
1: you need you need to have the wearables on when you're sleeping. You want to measure how your sleep is going and how well you're doing over there. And you also want to track when you wake up and what your you know heart rate is throughout the day. So, you know, what I really like about Whoop is, you know, the, the Whoop band itself you, you wear, it's, you know, it's very small, no, uh, very low profile, but the um, charging sta- uh, station is actually a battery that just slides over the top. So you don't have to take off the Whoop device, you know, and lose your, your activity or tracking for that time period as you're charging the device itself. And it has like a, you know, 9, 9 10, 8, 8 battery life. The new Whoop uh, band is coming out, which by the way, I just got the update. It's supposed to ship any day now.
0: Woohoo! So I haven't even received an email from them. But yeah, I was actually that it is. It is. So I had pulled up earlier on. It's actually thirty three percent smaller than the the yeah. current the three point oh. But definitely the the battery thing that you're talking about that was a you know that was a big draw for me as well because you don't actually have to take it off. You just charge the battery pack and then you wear it on. And even with the battery pack going on, like yes, it's slightly bigger, but it's not that intrusive. Do you know what I mean? If you compare. Your whip with the battery pack on to the size of your Garmin watch. Your Garmin's still bigger, so I yeah. definitely think you know having that that you don't ever have to take it off is definitely. If you're obsessed with data, then you know it's it's ideal. Yeah, and
1: and the new Whoop four for the they called the Whoop four um has brand new sensors. They're supposed to be the most accurate sensors on the market today. Um, they added the pulse oximeters for their or their, what's called the SPO two uh, for oxygen levels, um, which is a good barometric on kind of like you know how you're doing from a overall sleep, uh, breathing, um, all that good stuff, uh, blood oxygen saturation. Um, so it's a good, good benchmark metrics. So a lot of the new, newer garments, things like that have SPO2 and have had, have, have had it for a while, thing for Fitbit. Um, so there's, there's, you know, again, the technology itself is, is relevant. I've, I've had Fitbit, I've had Garmin, I've had Android Wear, I've had Apple watch, I've had uh whoop. The only one I haven't had is the aura ring. I just don't like having a ring on at all times, especially when I'm lifting. I feel like it's just like, it'd be like a distraction for me. So, yeah, I just went to, to whoop and I really enjoy it. I like the leaderboards, you know, seeing where I'm at today, always beating Chris no matter what. Um, you know, so it's just one of those this, things where this I this still I makes me
0: laugh. It's like, you know, you could be number two hundred and five on the on the leaderboard and he's number two hundred six, and you're like, I still beat him. I'm good. I'm like, I There's still beat him, me doesn't matter. Doesn't
1: matter. Just be Chris. That's all that matters. Just be Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, the, the, I think I think the wearables, you know, are are a great addition to the data that you're inputting to understand your body, right? But again you know, you caveated it with Ben, which is, you know, listen to your body too. And there's, there's one thing to understand. I, you know, I get all the time, you know, I get people that'll message me on, on social media, but like, you need to take a rest. You need to take a break. Well, listen, you know, I know when I need to take a break. I know when I'm pushing myself too hard. Like there, you know, the, the overtraining aspect of things is such a, I think crutch that people use to not push themselves harder. They're like, Oh, I just, I worked out once. So you know, I need to take two days off. Well, no, no, you don't. Your body can handle much more than that. There's actually a good um, breakdown of of what constitutes overtraining, and believe it or not, our bodies are are capable of much much more than we think that they are in our minds. Um, if you, there's a good video uh, from Jeff Nippard. Who, if you haven't checked out Jeff Nippard, he's a he's a bodybuilder, professional trainer. You know, just a you know his his videos are great. He basically breaks down the science of of a lot of the different aspects around you know hypertrophy and best techniques and form and things like that. Um, and it's it's how to maximize gains and not overtrain. And he goes into the overtraining science. And, and truth be told, when people are saying hey don't overtrain, listen, I'm not overtraining. Like our bodies are capable of much more than we think that they are. Um, you know it's it's a matter of listening to yourself and, and understanding what you put your body through, and when you need to actually do recovery. And I think that's the thing that, you know, a lot of people don't don't recognize or understand is that they assume, well, hey, I, I ran today, so therefore I shouldn't, you know, lift in the afternoon or evening. Well, you you can absolutely now, you know, there's definitely some things around um if you're doing cardio, especially high intensity uh interval training, you should probably wait, you know, anywhere between five to eight hours before you actually do your lift because it's gonna impact your lift performance from glyc from a glycogen store perspective. So you want to recover your glycogen stores so that you have the energy to actually maximize your, your weight training. But at, you know, at the end of the day, your body's recovered from that, that cardio session that you did, then you go and do a lift. Now, does that mean you want to lift six times a day? No, that's, that's probably not, not the right thing to do. Um, but you, you it's very difficult to actually overtrain, but there are times you need to just rest and, and, and take a break.
0: Yeah. I think there's a difference between, you know, feeling doms, as you, as you said, and, you know, on a, Like central nervous system, like taxing that, like there's a difference between your biceps being sore because you trained them and your body actually being like, I can't, you know, and if you've ever been there, you will know exactly, you know, what that's like. And I think I said this to you before, you know. I remember there were sets that I would have done, you know, really heavy rack pulls or really heavy RDLs like that taxes your body in a totally different way. Like that is your central nervous system. And it's beyond just the muscle soreness whenever you get up to like a super, super high weight. And you know, there's, there's definitely some sort of merit in the way you split your training and sort of looking at the different body parts that you train and, you know, is it lower back loading and is there days to sort of take off in between that and splitting that the right way. So there are ways that you can avoid, you know, hitting the same muscle groups frequently also avoid overtraining. But, you know, as you said, from an overtraining perspective, I don't, I don't think I've ever been in the situation where I've overtrained. And, you know, I've been in the situation where I have training six days a week and I was doing, you know, 45 to 60 minutes cardio every morning and it was shit and I was miserable, but I don't think I was in the place that I overtrained. And if you think of like elite athletes, you know, what they do train, you know, two or three oh times God. a day, it's like, yeah. you know, you're not anywhere close to that, basically.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, man. It's it's one of those things where, you know, overtraining is is just you know used as a hey, this is how I feel. It's another so fucking excuse. To, Come on,
0: just say it. It's, it's another excuse. It's another <laughs>
1: excuse. You know, and and listen, I can appreciate people providing their perspectives and and you know trying to share their experiences, but your body's not mine, and mine is not yours, and and we. Need to make our own decisions on what the you know what is overtraining and what is not. It's not for somebody else to to make a decision of oh hey I saw you're working out this morning you're working in this evening you're overtraining yourself and you're going to hurt yourself. Well, that's not true. I mean, I've been doing this for for over a year and some change, and you know what? I, I've been very non uh, injury injury prone. Now I made that one time where I accidentally stepped off uh, doing uh, split squats and I, I rolled my <laughs> ankle. That that's a different story. That was just stupidity. Um, but uh, you know that was stupidity, I'm
0: feeling- not overtraining. It was stupid, not you know, overtraining, right?
1: You know, I, I, you know, everything that we do is, is done safely. It's done to optimize our performance. Um, it's done to push ourselves harder and it's done to, to, you know, understand that today is our weakest form that we're ever going to be because tomorrow we're going to be stronger. And I think that that's, you know, the, the mindset that you have to go into this with is that, you know, and again, for, for folks that are just starting out, I'm not saying you need to, to wreck and destroy yourself every single day. That's something that is a choice for you and how you want to grow and progress in your your fitness journey, right? For me, I want to get big, right? Jacked AF, right? Um Tra- so trademark. I'm gonna continue trademark. Um, I wanna I wanna to continue to grow my muscles as 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 big as I can, you know, stay lean as 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 I possibly can, not be a dude with the big gut, and that's my my goals, right? Um, but that might not, might not be yours. So you know, when you're talking about overtraining and you're talking about the data that you're using from these these wearable devices, you know, I I, I wear two devices. I actually have um my Whoop band, actually, and if I'm at Orange Theory, I'm wearing three devices, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but I, I have my Garmin device, which um you know I, I like my Garmin because it's it's a nice um smartwatch. The battery life on this is ridiculous. This is the Garmin Tactics Delta. Um, and it's, it's got a huge watch face on it. Um, you know, it's like, kind of like a covert special ops military, like, you know, I'm obviously, uh, you know, military, this one military. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of a cool, you know, like tactical watch, but it's a smart watch. It lasts like nine to 10 days. Um, it'll track, you know, my, my, uh, heart rate. It'll track, um, it'll track HRV. It'll track, you know, a bunch of other stuff. The biggest thing that I use it for is Garmin's very good at steps. So I like tracking it for my steps because whoop still, doesn't track steps. Like if they could just get the steps, I literally could just ditch this thing, even though I do like the smartwatch features of it, but I'm like freaking track steps, whoop! please. I know it's like counterintuitive and you don't look at it as a fitness tracking data science thing or whatever. Just put the damn steps in there, please. But, but I, I wear both of them uh, to track steps and then whoop, uh, you know, for the, for the data analytics side, literally all I use my Garmin for is steps and notifications for when I'm in meetings to take a look at, Hey, someone shot me a text message or I'm getting a call. Let's take a look at that really quick. Um, It's just a quick hit thing for my other wearable that I wear at, at orange theory, orange theory has a band that you wear around your, um, your, either your biceps or your chest, you can wear different locations, but um, it tracks your heart rate basically and your calorie burn. So when I'm in class, it'll um, directly portray it to that, the system that I'm on. So if I'm like on a treadmill, it'll actually show, Hey, I'm in the, their orange zone or their green zone or their red zone based on what your resting heart rate is. And then based on where you're at. So I know like, Hey, I'm in the red zone right now, I, you know, in this base pace, which is just your normal running pace. I need to kind of chill out a little bit to get my rate down a little bit. So I can push myself again, cause it's hit training. So you know, that elevation and increase it's, it's again, ways of optimizing how you're doing your training and performance. And one thing I'll say about whoop um, is that, you know, we're obviously very big on resistance training here. And I think resistance training is is extremely important. It's probably the most fundamental important thing you can do for building muscle mass and and getting that figure that you want. um, And, and just from a health benefits perspective, but, you know, resistance training doesn't necessarily equate to your real strain that they consider um, as you're going through, because whoop is, is predominantly heart rate based. Okay. So, you know, if you're doing weight, weight training, it's very different from, you know, running or doing jumping jacks or things of that effect, your heart rate isn't going to go up as much. So your strain level is not a great direct representation. They even say that on the website. It's like, hey, you might be kicking your ass at the gym, lifting weights, but you may only have like an eight strain or a seven strain. Whereas if you go and you run a, ride a bike, those those effing bikers, man, they're always beating me. Cyclists, it's just cycling on there. I'm like, oh that's 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 cheating. Um, you know, they'll have like a nineteen strain, right? And so like I I just got done killing myself at hit training for an hour. You know, I burned eight hundred calories, but this cyclist that that cycle for thirty minutes gets a nineteen strain. So You know, it's just, it's just how, how the heart rate stuff and how they calculate things are. But you know, just know that, you know, you're not going to get like a massive, huge strain. It doesn't mean that you're not kicking your ass at the gym. It just means that, you know, hey, you know, you're not going to get your heart rate up as much as you would from something cardio wise.
0: Yeah. I think if you think about weight training, you know, there's maybe maybe your set lasts, you know, 45 to 60 seconds, and then you have that sixteen and 90 second rest. So in that rest period, the idea is to get your heart rate back down. So yes, there will be a lot of spikes in your heart rate, but it's not consistently at a high level. So you're talking about cyclists, you know, their heart rate's elevated for an extended period of time. Um, and that's why they get, you know, that sort of higher stream. I think sort of a point to note is, you know, all these trackers have pros, in my opinion, each one of them has something that they could definitely improve on there's not one from my perspective that ticks all the boxes like i said originally i had apple watch and i literally just used it to track steps and um, i did connect it to get the rest and heart rate and heart rate variability but obviously you know whenever i got a bit more into it and wanted to track sleep that's why i moved to the whoop now it was great attack it, it tracked the rest and heart rate heart rate variability strain, you know, recovery, sleep, everything. But it didn't track my steps. And I think I can't speak for Whoop, but I think the people that they directed to is more athletes and it's more of a higher level athlete yeah. thing who probably don't give a shit about how many steps that they track, which is fair enough. Um so the reason that I then I was wearing the Whoop and the Apple Watch because I wanted to track my steps and then I started doing my head in more on both of them. So I just sacked them both off. And that's when I moved to Aura Ring. Now Aura Ring, I can't fault in any way, except for the fact that you have to take it off whenever you're doing, you don't have to, but I mean, I'm very conscious of it will get wrecked and the potential that I could rip my finger off if I do something wrong. So (laughs) I do take it off, but I don't, so then I can't use it to track, you know, my heart rate or my resting heart rate or my heart rate variability during the workout. Um, aside from that, it's great. You know, the charging thing just sits here in front of me. I literally will charge it. Um, I don't know. Obviously not everybody's watching YouTube, but it sits right in front of me. So if I'm stood here, I'll charge it for half an hour. I'm not actually doing anything. So I'm not really missing out on that much data. Um, and there, are this, that's the sort of experience that I've had with all three. Now, eventually, whenever I get my whip, I will wear aura and whip together because I think it's, Yes, it's two devices, but it's not one on each wrist, so I don't look, you know, suspect. Um, but yeah, that's my experience from those three. I know that you've you've used others and the pros and cons of that. I think the point of the, the Garmin, I was looking at them earlier on, number one, cool. Um, but number two, it's an actual watch as well. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. if you want to check the time, yeah. you have you have that function. Um I didn't actually like the notifications function on the Apple Watch because I felt like it was distracting. Um obviously you can turn all these things off, so it's fine. Um but my question is with the Garmin: Do you wear it in bed? Like, do you track your step, or is it too big? Like, lights up like it would, it would do my head. And I think on that front,
1: I take I take it off at night. Uh, but I, I keep my Whoop on at night, and yeah. I take my my Garmin off. And there's no reason for me, you know, if if I was tracking like my sleep patterns and stuff like that with my uh, Garmin, I think I would keep it on. But it is, you know, it's a very big fascia uh, on it, and it's a big bulky watch, which is a, kind of like a gaudy, you know, nice little watch. I, I like the look of it, so. You know, I think if for nighttime I, I wouldn't probably think it would be that, that comfortable. Um, but you know, I, I keep my you know, I keep my whoop on and then I, I take my garment off and, and put it there at night so that I don't you know it doesn't bother me or distract me.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's fair enough. Um, so obviously you have experience with Fitbit and Garmin as well. So if you want to talk a bit about the pros and cons that you find of those, because people will go, Well, what's the best one? And in my opinion, it's the one that number one you like the look off, I guess the most or that you can commit the one, you know, sort of long term and it gives you the data that you need. You know, there's none of them in my opinion that are any better than the other. And, you know, is it a case of you have done exactly 11,432 steps? Probably not. But with any of them, you know, the majority of the data is consistently inconsistent. So if you're tracking it from the same device, then you, if you're getting the same sort of readings or ones way off, then you'll know. So I think that's a, that's a good point to note as well another thing actually just while it's in my head i know that a lot of people have a lot of the guys here have standing desks and have treadmills are raging because the steps aren't being tracked properly and i think that's because a lot of the devices use gps to track your steps so i know that the garmin definitely does and um, i know that the apple watch definitely does and i'm 99 percent sure that the fitbit does as well so not only does it use the motion of your body Whenever you're moving, but it also uses GPS to see you know where that you're going. So if I'm stood here now on a standing desk, because my wrist is sat on the desk, it's obviously not moving, so it's not picking up that data, and I'm not actually going anywhere. So that is definitely a frustration that I see, and I know that the way to overcome it is wear it on your ankle. But then you look like you're you know got a tag on, and you're not to, not likely to leave the house.
1: Yeah, you know um, the the way that I fix that is is I'll take the the, the Garmin. And I'll attach it to my um, to my uh, shoe shoe strings or whatever, um, and kind of you know hook uh, it in there onto my shoe because it's 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 movement based too. So it's you know so I will be able to track my steps pretty well on the um, except a standing desk and a walking treadmill. So that'll that'll help out a lot from that side. You know, for me, I, I really try. Excuse me. In the summertime, that that orange theory one. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna need it, I'm gonna need a nap later today. Um, the the. the the summertime, I, I really try to get out uh, outside to get my walks in. Uh, there's a park here that I really like go into. It's got a big lake and just you know beautiful scenery, and it's like off you know in the woods. There's usually never nobody there, so you know, I'll get my steps in there. But in the wintertime, you know, I get my steps in, you know, as I'm working or things like that. And uh, I notice that my my you know if I'm typing or whatever, it doesn't have the the movement of of walking, so it doesn't actually track those. So then I'll put it onto the the, the shoe to kind of fix that out. So um, you know, for me, uh, from a wearable perspective. I think a lot of it comes down to you know what you perceive as accuracy, what you, you think is good from a UI perspective and how you get the data. I really dislike Garmin's interface. I think it's very antiquated and old. Um they haven't really, you know, it's 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 confusing where everything's at. You know, there is a lot of data in there, but it's like all structured in a very unusual way. Um I think if you look at what Fitbit has done, what Whoop has done, what Amazon Halo, for example, has done. Um you know, the interfaces are very simple to go through, very easy to use, very click-through friendly. Um, so, you know, I don't want to have to sit through like 17 nested menus to get to, you know, the data that I want uh, to be able to do it. And I actually think like if you look at like Android Wear and, and uh, w- what Apple Watch does, I think they're very confusing as well. Um, so I think, you know, if I had to say from a UI perspective, I would say, you know, whoop um or Fitbit or um Amazon Halo um are all good ones to to kinda of take a peek at from a um you know UI perspective that keeps it easy and simple for you to kind of track day in and day out. The
0: Aura yeah. as well the yeah. I would say the same. The high you the functionality of the app and everything that you do, it's great. Um it's really easy to use you just literally swipe through everything and you can literally like if I think of it from the perspective of i have to fill the check-in sheet it's easy to go to the day and then go you know you swipe through sleep you swipe through rest and heart rate you swipe through heart rate variability and you're not like all over the place trying to look at it and so yeah i would definitely i would definitely say that the the aura ring has a good the good technology on the the software side
1: yeah, and and you know if 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 you're one of those those folks that that really likes getting down to like the nitty gritties and like heavy customizations and editing and like making your own displays and things like that, Garmin has you know is very flexible in that front. So you know if you're into like the the crazy complex stuff, um, Garmin is is definitely a good one you know for that. Again, I have my Garmin, I like it. I basically again like all I use it for is I, I have the app, I open it up, I check my steps, and that's it. You know like and and then I use my my notifications and messages. Um on that. So it's just kind of the, the concept there.
0: Yeah. I think as well a good point to note is probably affordability too. So I had a look, you know, mm. the the difference between the costing of each. Um one thing that I liked about Whip that I think would appeal to a lot of people is that you can pay it monthly. So you can just yeah. pay a monthly subscription. So you don't have that initial upfront payment. One thing that I did notice between the majority of them, a lot of them are the same in pounds as they in are in dollars so i mean technically in my head that means that you get them cheaper um but they are in and around the same you know obviously there's different specs you can go right up but for you know for the apple watch for the aura ring and for the garmin you can get them all in and around i think it was like the base one's like 350 400 or thereabouts now obviously you know, with the Apple Watch, you can get the fucking Hermes strap and it will cost you fucking 10 grand or something ridiculous. Um, (laughs) And, you know, you can spec it in different ways. But from a baseline perspective, they, they seem to be similar. I know that Fitbit have different options based on, you know, the functionality that it has. So, you know, whether it's just the... You know you just have the display and i'll literally just tell your steps or whether i think it's the versa that looks a bit more square and has an actual screen so they yeah. have a lot to cater to different people um, and i think you can probably pick one of those up for probably about a hundred dollars um so again you need to sort of think of affordability side of things
1: yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if the data that you're getting is what you want, then you're getting what you need to out of that, that tracker, right? And again, you know, the, the, the data is only as good as you feel, right? And so if you, you know, it, one thing I will say about this, by the way, it's really interesting. We didn't, we, you know, we didn't, we didn't have this uh, think we had on a previous podcast, but the impact of alcohol on your stats is ridiculous. It, like, like you'll, you'll, you'll be at a 98% recovery. It's the best day you've ever had. And then you drink like four things of hard seltzers. Your recovery would be like three percent the next day. It, it jacks your body up beyond belief. Alcohol is so bad from a fitness perspective. It's not even funny. It's not even funny. It's it's I, like like that actually got me to quit drinking completely. Like I, I saw. No, re- rephrase that. I still have like some hard seltzers here and there but it's rare. Like, I mean, we're talking maybe once a month, you know, and it's like two hard seltzers because I don't want my recovery to dip below like 40%. So if I have three hard seltzers, I'm looking at like 25% recovery. If I have four hard seltzers, I'm looking like sub 10% recoveries. If I have any more than that, it's just like F it, I'm going negative today, you know? So,
0: yeah, it's I think like... the lowest the lowest recovery that I ever had on with was 3% and it was a heavy, heavy <laughs> night drink in the night before. But I think, again, that's a good point to note that, if you're not tracking this data or information, you don't really know the effects that these things have on your body. Do you know what I mean? Like you could go out and go, okay, you've got a hangover and whatever else, but looking at that and look at the information, like how is this actually affecting my body, my performance, you know, everything that sort of comes along with that. So it's just, again, another benefit of having the data.
1: One thing I noticed too is uh, if, if I do the exact same things for two days in a row, right? And so if I do like, let's just say, I do orange here in the morning and I do a heavy lift in the afternoon and I don't do a sauna, and if I do a, you know, orange deer in the morning and a heavy lift in the afternoon and I do a sauna, my recovery is substantially better on the sauna days um, than not, which is, which is really interesting statistics. So, you know, you know, there, there are certain things you can do to impact your recovery, um, cryogenic chambers or cold, cold water treatments, uh, things taking cold showers has a big impact on recovery. Um, you know, just putting your hands in some cold gloves, you know, that are just. You know, sub sub, you know, room temperature. You know, keeping them at like sixty, you know, degrees or fifty five degrees or something like that. Putting your hands in there for a few minutes has actually a huge impact on recovering and cooling your body temperature down. So there are things you can do to to recover faster and have better recovery. Now I don't recommend. Pitting the sun up and drinking at the same time—that's not—it's probably—it's probably, it's probably we're not going to wash out. It's probably going to still be really bad for you. And it might pass out and be, to be
0: like, "Well, if yeah, I drink four yeah, beers, yeah. but I spend forty minutes in the sauna, I right. should be okay." Um, you
1: might die. You might die of dehydration. Is, is
0: there. So, yeah. Um,
1: but uh, no, I think I think you know for the, the the tracking device stuff discussions, I think we hit the the nail on the head with all of these. It's yeah. just you know what's best for you, right?
0: Yeah. I think there's another point I would like to you know I don't have any experience in this, obviously, because I'm not a female. But there are some. I think the Apple Watch, and I think. The Fitbit do have a menstrual cycle tracker, so they'll look at you know your heart rate, your temperature, things like that. So, if that is obviously something you want to track, I know that there's you know some apps you can get for your phone, but obviously having the data of something that's actually attached, if that's something you struggle with or want to know a bit more information on, I know that Apple and Fitbit definitely do have that functionality. Um, but again, like I said, it's not something that I track. So,
1: man, hey, there's another podcast in the bag.
0: Yeah, good.
1: It's great. Right, well, this, is, this is nine, right?
0: Yeah, it's our 10th episode, but it's episode nine.
1: Yeah, because we had the, we had the, 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 the bonus. extra special video, yeah.
0: the bonus video, right? <laughs> I didn't think it was extra special, like, just because it was about, about you. I mean, just because it was about a bonus, me. I actually extra... yeah. yeah. said, I mentioned <laughs> to Chris this week, uh, like, getting them on, so that will be our next bonus one. And I, I mean, I think everybody needs to note that it will literally just be you guys taking a piss out of each other for probably yeah. an hour. Just forewarn yeah. So, so that if one. you want to
1: hear two, two grown men make fun of each other like they're two years old, uh, that's going to be that podcast. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we're going to look at start getting some other guests in. So obviously we talked about the on the the TRT and stuff like that. So we will get all those lined yep. up for the the coming weeks. Awesome. Well,
1: hey, appreciate everybody tuning in today to to hear us uh, and listen. And, and we're always, you know, um, good for some feedback. So if you have you know questions, you, you you know we didn't hit a topic that you want to, or you have some feedback, please let us know. Um, you know, check out wehack.health. Um, also check out our Discord server, which is always popping. We have a, a great positive community. So if you're just getting started, you're already established, you know, help motivate others, help motivate yourself. It's a, it's a great community that we're all, uh, really trying to share with one another and the hashtag wehack health on, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, all good stuff that, you know, we're just trying to create a positive experience for people trying to change their lives and, and live longer and get stronger and feel more confident about themselves. So
0: it's a movement you said you in a voicemail the other day it's like it's a movement i'm like i'm on board with that um, and yeah. and as well if you enjoy what we're saying share it with someone because i'm a big like i'll share podcasts podcast all day long and you know you and i do and i'll share it in the group and that one that i listened to you know yesterday and um, you know if you enjoy it and think other people will benefit from it then please do share because it, it helps us and it ultimately will help them catch you next week I'll be here.
1: You're gonna be in you're gonna be in, you're gonna be in Brussels, right? And Wednesday. No, Dublin. Dublin. I don't know. Whatever. this, this aren't they the same location? <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, not even close. Not even close. No, I'll be in Dublin I'm next week, decent. but we will have the we'll have the episode recorded. I might actually get my yeah. tattoo finished. I mean for full disclosure nice. and get my suit finished yet. Yeah, so I'll be in, can, I'll do. be in a lot of pain actually it'd be That's interesting awesome. to see how my heart rate and my rest and heart rate and heart rate probably is. does, does, so does tattoos have
1: the same effect as alcohol you know
0: <laughs> i'll make sure that i wear my o-ring on that day to see to get the data from that because that'll be cool
1: it's gonna say workout detected and it's gonna be like it's gonna be like a 30 strain that you've never seen before <laughs> ten, 10 hours
0: long are you okay like checking, <laughs> checking in with me but yeah i'll die yeah <laughs> all right cool catch you later see you, everybody